If you got a Bible, if you would, open it up with me to the book of Proverbs. We're in this series, Beyond. How many of you know God wants us to go beyond where we've ever been before? Beyond what eye has seen, beyond what ear has heard, beyond what has even entered into our hearts. That's the promise that we have, that God's going to do greater. Somebody out there shout greater. He's going to do greater. He's going to do more. He's the God of the more. He's the God of the greater. He's, he's a God of increase. He who has begun a good work in you, watch this, won't just start something that he's not willing to finish, but he who has begun a good work in you will bring it all the way to completion. And I've got a word for you today. What God has started in this house, he's not finished. He's going to bring it all the way into completion. That which he has promised, that which he has spoken will come to pass. Say it, it will come to pass. See, I'm going to make you talk. If you don't want to talk, I'm going to make you talk today. Proverbs 29, 18, very famous scripture. But if we're, going to have, if we're going to go beyond, we're going to have to see beyond. And so here it says, where there is no, and I love this interpretation. I love this, this translation out of the English Standard Version. It says, where there is no prophetic vision. Where there is no prophetic vision. How many of you know the Word of God paints pictures? It's the Word of God. Prophetic vision means that my sight is attached to what God has said. Oh, man. I feel like I'm about to preach. What I see has to be joined with what God has said because what God has said is what's causing me to see. Where there is no prophetic, not pathetic, how many of you know some people got some pathetic things to say? How many of you have ever heard some people say some pathetic things? They'll say some pathetic things to try to paint a wrong picture. Listen, wrong picture, wrong future. The words that you believe will determine the future that you'll possess. Let me say it differently. The instructions that you follow will determine the future that you possess. Wrong instructions, wrong future. Wrong word, wrong future. There's a lot of people that they can say things and they can sound good, but if it's the wrong thing that's being said, it's going to paint the wrong picture of where we need to go. So what we need is a prophetic vision. We need the vision that God is giving us. It's one thing for a man to have a vision. It's another thing for God to give you the vision. How many of you, you want a vision from God, a vision for your future, a vision for your marriage, a vision for your family, a, a vision for the ministry that God has given you? And you're saying, well, what are you talking to me? What are you talking about, Pastor? What are you, you talking to me about ministry, my ministry? Well, the Bible says that he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, not the ain'ts. The saints, for the equipping of the saints, watch this, for the, who knows the Bible in here? For the work of the ministry. How many saints we got in this place? If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're a part of the communion of the saints, which means you have a ministry. God has something great for you to do, and I'm telling you, it's not just an individual. There's no individuals. It's not about individuals in the body of Christ. It's about a people coming together, working together, in unity and in harmony to accomplish what God has spoken. So the thing that God has for us to do is never apart from one another. It's together. Somebody say together. together. 
There's power in unity. There's strength in unity. There's strength when we come together and we start joining part to part, uh, vision to vision, faith to faith, hope to hope. When we come together and we start working together, everything becomes possible. I'm telling you, if this church will begin to stand up and work together like never before to begin to move in the direction of what God is saying, I'm telling you the things that are before us are greater than those things that are behind us. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. The King James Version says the people perish. Well, why is that? Because if you have no sight, you have no future, you're dying. To cast off restraint, it also means, if you look in the original, it means to be stripped bare. To be stripped bare. How many of you know a lot of people, they're stripped of purpose because they can't see what God says about them? Let me say that again. They're stripped of purpose. They're even stripped of dignity. They're stripped of identity. They're stripped of who they are when they have no sight. They can't see what God says about them. Now, don't make me preach about Gideon. But when we find Gideon in Scripture, Gideon is hiding because he's afraid of the Midianites and what they might come and do because they are famous for showing up right at the right time, right when the harvest is coming. The Midianites like to come in and steal the harvest. So Gideon, how many of you know the enemy likes to take the harvest? I've got a word for you. Nothing is going to take your harvest. Nothing is going to take your future. And the, the Midianites uh, will come in and they're still, so he's hiding out. The Bible says he's hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat. Because he feels like I, I got to keep this concealed so that no one will take it. When God shows up, the angel of the Lord shows up and watch this, salutes him or hails him as, hello, mighty man of valor. He's hiding. He's threshing wheat in a wine, uh, in a wine press. He's not won one battle. He's not led one army. He's not done anything great. But yet God says, Mighty man of valor. How many of you know God will always speak to who you are and where you're going, not to your current situation or what you feel or what you see or what your circumstances look like? God will always speak to who you are and where you're going. And I'm telling you, God has a word for East West Church about who you are and about where you're going because you have a future together as a people. Let me say it again. What God started, he will bring to completion. You're not through. Bishop, you're not done. Your greatest days are before you. Amen. People of God, your greatest days are before you. You need to start believing what God says about you and not what the enemy would whisper in your ear or the stories that you've heard about what happened to this person or that person or this thing or that thing and know that greater is he that is within you. Greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. Amen. So without prophetic future, we're uh, a prophetic vision. We're robbed of our future. We have no purpose. We cast off restraint. Let's just live however we want to live. Let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. How many of you know that's not the way we're supposed to live? No, we're supposed to live with a future and a hope, and that hope and future is in one name, and that name is Jesus Christ. He 
is the author of my future. Oh, man. He's the author of your future. The, the, the sum total, the Bible says this, the sum total of your days have been written down by God. He knows you. He knows what he's planned for you. He has a purpose, plan, and destiny for your life. And you need to start believing what God says about you. You're not too old. You're not too young. Who cares what the world says about this thing or that thing? Listen, in God, there's no such thing as status. Let me say it again. There is no such thing. The Bible says that when Jesus did what he did, he took down every wall of, of division. Which means there's no such thing as men are greater than women or Jews are greater than Gentiles, although some churches like to still preach that. There is no thing that, that, that race, one race is greater than any other race or, or this country is greater than any other country. Why? Because we are one people, one nation in Jesus Christ. Everybody has a place at the table. Oh, come on, somebody. Everybody has a place. That's the thing. That's the wonderful thing about the kingdom of God is Jesus says, come unto me. All oh, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You all have a seat at the table. Red, yellow, black, and white, rich, poor, blonde hair, black hair, skinny, thin, eating way too much. It doesn't matter. You've got a seat at the table. Somebody say, I've got a seat at the table. So, vision, watch this. Vision, this is what vision is. It's not me making a plan. It's me capturing God's plan. That his word paints pictures on the canvas of my heart and my mind so that I might see what I've not yet seen, so that I might be able to lean in and hear what I've not yet heard, so that I might come to an understanding that I've never arrived at because I can only ever operate at the level of what I see and understand. Is everybody here? When I was a child, the Apostle Paul said it this way, when I was, a, I was a child, I thought like a child, and I spoke like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. How many of you, you're glad you're, you don't function and operate in the way you did when you were five? Listen, I can throw my eight-year-old behind the wheel of my car today and say, take it, baby, go for it. Here's the keys. Go. Guess what? That's destructive. Why? Because she doesn't have the understanding or the sight knowledge to understand how to operate something at that level. But guess what? There's coming a day. Not too long from now. I said not too long from now where her understanding is going to grow and what she could not see, she will begin to see. And when she gets to that level of understanding, what she cannot do now, she's going to begin to do. Every season, everybody listen to me, every season of your life carries purpose. Because every season of your life is a learning season. Everything that you've walked through as a church, even recently, is a season. It's learning. It's growing. It's developing. It's about bringing you to a place you've never been before. And I've got something to say to you today that you need to hear. God's about to do what no man could do, and God is about to take you to a place where you never expected to go, and he's about to do something in this time 
that is going to be the payoff for the things that he's spoken because he's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promise. He's not done with you. He's not through. It's not over. My, my father preached a message when I was younger, and here was his message. It's not over till it's over. Amen. Somebody say, it's not over. it's not over. We're just getting started. So no matter where you find yourself in your journey, every season you've walked through has carried purpose. That purpose has been for learning, growing, and developing to get you to the next place. That's why we should never say we've arrived. I hear some preachers today preach, it's funny, they've only been preaching for a few years and they act like they know everything. How many of you know once you think you know it all, you really know nothing? You know what disciples are? Disciples are lifelong learners. I heard in prayer one day as I was praying, I heard the Lord say to me, if you can learn how to sit at my feet, you can know what's in my head. If you can learn to sit at my feet, you can know what's in my head. This is a lifelong journey. As long as you're breathing, there's opportunity. As long as you're breathing, there's something to learn so that you can go somewhere new. In God, there's no such thing as retirement. It's only refirement. I want to refire you and launch you and propel you into the new thing, the next thing, the greater thing that I have for you. Some of you who are more seasoned in life, you need to understand that all that you've learned now can be imparted. It can, it can come down. I can't tell you the things that I've learned from my dad over the years, just watching him and watching how he ministers. A lot of people say, you're a lot like your dad. I can't help it. I get it honest. Some people say your voice sounds like your dad. Or when you sing, you sing like your dad. That's what happens when you sit up under an anointing and you receive from that anointing and, and you get an impartation of that anointing. And I'm telling you, the best of the best is in this house. Some people call themselves prophets and they're not. They call themselves apostles and they're not. You have a true prophetic anointing in this house and you ought to celebrate that and honor your bishop today so I'm just on my first scripture so prophetic sight vision always speaks to who we are and where we're going why because there's we we got to know who we are to get to where we need to go so God will always speak to who you are not who you think you are what your situation is saying, but he speaks to who you are to tell you where you're going. This is not a church that God has called just to sit on the side of the road. This is a church that God has called to shake this region, to, to be a voice to the nations. God's not through. But we have to know that about ourselves. We have to know who we are so that we can get where we need to go. We have to learn from our past. How many of you know the past is important? We have to learn from our past. There's good stuff there that we can learn from. And the good, the bad, the ugly, you can learn from it all. And you can take it now with you in this season so that you can go higher. I have the opportunity, which is a wonderful opportunity, to stand on the shoulder of giants. Because I get to stand on, on my grandfather's shoulders and my father's standing on his shoulders and I get to stand on, on his shoulders. And, and let me tell you, every time... And how many of you know one generation, their ceiling should be another generation's floor? Yeah. 
What God is doing in one generation is meant to propel the next generation so we can grow together and we can, we can go higher than we've ever gone before. What, what would happen, I'm going to get there in a second, but what would happen if we all, every generation in this place started working together, the young and the old? What would happen if we started working together, going after the vision of God? I'm telling you, all things are possible. So prophetic sight paints a picture of the future. Now watch this, because every step I take with God is a step that he brings more revelation into my life to see a greater glimpse of where I'm going, but he reveals it to me step by step. How many of you know you don't, you don't have the whole picture right now? Some of you, if you had the whole picture, you'd be afraid to take the step. Because you would say, I mean, Gideon had the same problem. We'll go back to Gideon. Gideon had the same problem. You're a mighty man of valor. This is what you're going to do. And he said, well, I don't know. And he asked God for a couple of times. We, I'm going to throw out the fleece. He checked God a couple of times. God did what he asked. And then even when he whittles down the army and he gets the army facing, about to face the Midianites, he's got 300 men. He says, God, I still don't know. He, you know, he's still dealing with insecurities, but isn't God just so good to help Gideon and get him to a place, and even with the fleece and all the stuff? I mean, he didn't have to do that. He did that for Gideon to help him get to that place. The final straw was Gideon heard about a dream that happened in the camp of the enemy where there was a dream that Gideon and his army were having the victory, and when he heard that, he had full confidence. God takes us on this process of seeing and we've just got to take the step. Sometimes we've got to take the step to this point. And if we'll take the step in faith to this point, then God can say, here's the next step. But how many of you know taking steps with God is important? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. So if, when I walk in the word of God, what God has said, what he's saying to me now, when I take the step and what God is saying now, what does he do? He reveals to me the next step. For a good man's steps are ordered of the Lord. So church, there's some steps that we need to take beyond, beyond where we are now. But we have to be willing to take the step to see the next thing that we need to see to apprehend ultimately the future that God has for us as a people and as a church. We have to be willing to take the steps. If we won't take the steps, we can't get there. I mean, you can tell me how beautiful Florida is. You can tell me how sunny it is. You can tell me about the beautiful white sand. You can tell me the story, and I can say, isn't it wonderful? You can give me permission to go. You got a promise. I give you the promise. Here's your promise. You can go. I've got a house there, a condo. You can stay in my condo. Here's the keys to the condo. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pay for your whole trip. Here is $5,000. You're going to have a great trip. I can have everything in my hand, but if I don't get up and move, I'll never get there. Can I tell you, you already have everything you need. Jesus did it. He's just waiting for you to see what you actually have and who you really are so that you'll be willing to take the steps that you need to take to get to the ultimate destination that he... Come on, East West, are you willing to take the step? Are you willing to go where you've never gone before? Are you willing to do something in a different way? Are you? Now listen to me. 
because insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, expecting you're going to get a different result. It's time for us to take a step, a new step as a people, as a church, under the leadership that God has, as God is revealing, as God is speaking, as God is, is moving upon your bishop, and he begins to declare the word of God. Corporately, the answer has to be, we will do, we will go, and we will possess. We will apprehend what has been promised. We're not just going to celebrate a promise. We're going to walk into the reality of that promise. Can I tell you what I felt in my spirit today as I was praying early this morning? I felt that what God promised, my, even my grandfather, I think it goes further back than that, but what God promised my grandfather, who I don't know how many of you remember Bishop Harry Meshagan, a man of prayer, a man who believed in this place, a man who believed and laid his hands on the next generation. You're looking at the next generation right here. He laid his hands and he believed in that assignment. He believed that, that Bishop Allen Meshagan at the time, Pastor Allen, would take the vision and take the mantle and carry it forward. And there was a time that they ran together. How many of you know, what, have you ever seen those baton races? Y'all ever seen that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? The baton races, you know what happens? Is the runners run and they got the baton. But the point is to pass the baton to the next runner. And it's strategic. You got to pass it at the right moment, but there's, ah, uh, but there's a moment when they're both running together. <laughs> and there has to be a time of running together. If, if there's no time of running together, the baton is likely to get dropped or the race is going to get lost. But there has to be a running together. There, there has to be a partnering. And for a time, my grandfather and I watched it because I grew up in it. For a time, my grandfather and my father worked together and they ran together. Even though the leadership had already been assigned and given to my father, there was a time because of the honor that my dad had for my grandfather and that my grandfather had for my dad. They ran together until the baton was fully passed. Listen, the apostle Paul said, when I fight, I don't fight as one who beats the air. And I don't run as one who runs aimlessly. But I fight to win. In other words, if I'm going to throw a punch, it's going to hit something. And if I'm going to run, I'm going to run to obtain. I'm telling you, church, how many of you got your running shoes on today? Is anybody got their running shoes on? Is anybody ready to run with the vision? Come on. Is anybody ready to run with your bishop? Is anybody ready to run with the leadership of this church? Are you ready to run side by side with a man who has a vision to accomplish the thing that God said you can do together? Do I have any runners in this place? Do I have anyone who believes? Do I have anyone who's persuaded that God is able to do what he said he would do and he's faithful to his promise? Watch this, even to a thousand generations. God is a God who's working generationally. Everybody look at me. 
He's not working dispensationally. That's what some people teach. It's a bunch of garbage. Here's how God works. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. And I am the God of Jacob. And when God gets to Moses, hundreds of years later, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. And I am the God of Jacob. And I am the God who will be with you. He's a God who works generationally. Can I tell you something today? You're a part of a story that is, it's eternal. But if I want to put a year on it, let me just tell you, you're a part of a story that started 2,000 years ago. It started with a man named Jesus who gathered around him some people who would run with him. Who would believe? And he went to a cross and he bled. And he died for you to, to deal with the sin problem so that he could raise you up with him. And then he sends you his spirit to empower you for the work. And then he says, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. You're going to operate and move in my spirit. Corporately as a body, you're going to move in my spirit. This is a work that started 2,000 years ago and God has never stopped it's funny to me when people are waiting for outpourings. God started to pour in Acts 2, and he's never stopped. The Bible says, to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become. All you got to do is get under the spout where the glory comes out, and, <laughs> and you're going to be a part of that outpouring. God never start pouring. Will you receive what he's pouring? Will you... Well, you, the hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? That's why revivals happen around people who get together in agreement in prayer and seek God. Because they that hunger and thirst shall be filled. Are y'all still with me? Yeah. But God is a God who's doing the work generationally. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Exodus 6, 7 through 8. I just want you to see something. He said, I will take you to be my people. This is God. How many of you know we now are the people of God through faith in Jesus Christ? I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Watch, watch this. Who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians? How many of you know Jesus has delivered us fully? I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession, for I am the Lord. Now, God is faithful to his promise. And what he promised Abraham, he brought about through Jesus Christ. Now, all who believe in Jesus, now we are children of Abraham. How many of you understand that? And heirs to the promise. So God is working. He's still working. But he says, I will bring you out, watch this, to bring you into How many of you know, if you're going to get into what God wants to bring you into, this prophetic vision that he's given you, if you're going to get in, you've got to first get out of something. I was, yeah, come on. I was watching my daughter the other day. I was watching her on the monkey bars. You know what I'm talking about? What I realized is for her to move forward, she had to reach and take hold of what was before her and at the same time be willing to release what was behind her. Because you can't move forward without letting something go. 
In your life, you can't move forward unless there's a part of you that you're willing to release. Let that sink in. I die daily. There are things that are a part of you that you have to let go of to continue to apprehend. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's a high calling. So every step takes us higher. Every rung, if you will, takes us higher. But we've got to reach forward and release what's behind. So there's an out of. God is an out of into kind of God. He takes us out of sickness. He takes us into health. He takes us out of depression. He takes us into victory. He takes us out of fear and anxiety and worry. And he takes us into confidence because he's an out of into kind of God. So there's something if I want to get in, I got to get out. So are we willing, I asked you a second ago, are you willing to take the step? Because taking the step means there are things that you have to release. There are things that you have to let go of. And what we have to let go of a lot of times, most of the time what it has to do with is ideas, concepts, and mindsets. The traditions of men. I mean, you know, there's some good tradition. I think Christmas is a pretty good one. There's good traditions, but then there are man-made traditions. And the man-made traditions, we get caught up in, the, in what man is doing, and we get stuck. How many of you know you can't step into the new thing if you're stuck in the old thing? So there's some things that God is wanting to do with in my mindset. Now, it's very interesting here to me when he says, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to bring you into. He reminds them, I am the God of Abraham. He reminds them, I'm a God who works generationally. He reminds them, I'm the God that what I said to Abraham and I continued through, through Isaac and I continued with Jacob and I brought forth this promise that, that now I, I told him what I would do and I'm doing it. But he reminds them, I'm the Lord. I'm the one who's bringing this thing to pass. How many of you know what we cannot do on our own, God can do? Now watch this. I'm getting ready to land. Deuteronomy 6.10. Deuteronomy 6.10. Listen, I haven't preached here in a while, so I've got to give you a good one. Deuteronomy 6.10. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, how I many of you know there's some promises that God has for this church that he gave to the fathers? I know generations are with us today, a part of the great cloud of witnesses, the, communion, the community of the saints. There's some things that were promised that have not yet come to pass. Abraham wasn't around to see Moses, but God reminds him what I said to Abraham. I'm bringing a pass in this time. I'm telling you there's some things that God promised the fathers that he has continued to work through the children to bring it to pass. How many of you know God's promised you some things and he will bring it to pass? And he said, bring you to land he swore your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. So what he's saying is, what God brings us into is always greater than what we could do ourselves. And what God brings us into is complete. 
He said, I'm going to bring you into cities you didn't build. You're going to live in houses that you didn't build. They're going to be full of goods that you didn't have to buy or store up. You're going to have fields full of harvest that you never even had to plant. That's the goodness of God. Now, the truth of that is it speaks to the finished work in Jesus Christ, that he did the work for us. Now we live in it by faith. Isn't that good stuff? But I'm telling you, it's a promise for this church today that what God is about to bring you into is greater than just the harvest that you've sown for. Because when you sow, you're going to reap. And you're not only going to enjoy your harvest, but God's about to bring you into something that you're going to be a part of something that you didn't build. You're going to be a part of something that you didn't plant for. You're about to eat fruit of, of, of fields that you didn't plant. Because when God does something, he does it fully. God's about to bring you into something greater. Acts 2.17. I'll close with this. Acts 2.17. This is Peter quoting Joel on the, the day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2. And he says, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. That was the last day outpouring. So in the last days, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is something that has happened. God did this. God did this. He poured his spirit out. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away so that I can send you the comforter. In Acts 2, the comforter comes. The spirit of God falls on the people of God. 120 in an upper room. In other words, you're not waiting for an outpouring. God poured it out. Now walk in it. Believe in it and run with it. Okay, so he said, uh, in the last days shall it be, to God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. If I say your sons and daughters, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That is, that is to speak the truth about Jesus Christ, to be a, a witness, to, to speak forth what God is saying, to speak the word of God. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and my female servants. You see God's heart? There are churches today. Oh, my God. What year are we in? 2023. There are still churches that are splitting over women being leaders in their churches when it said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, even upon my male servants and my female servants, and then Paul tells us in Christ there is neither male nor female. So what I'm trying to tell you is this work of the Spirit, everybody hearing me because this is it, the work of the Spirit is an empowering work that is coming upon a people, the church, to accomplish God's will in the earth. And every one of us are a part of that. Every one of you that God has a plan, purpose, and destiny for your life, but that plan, purpose, and destiny works within the body of Christ as we all are moved on by the Spirit to accomplish what God has purposed, and that's for male and female, that's for old and young. And that's what I love about this passage is it makes it very clear that this is not just an old thing. It's not just a young thing. It's not just a male thing. It's not just a female thing. It's an everybody thing. That the Spirit of God is being poured out on all. Somebody shout out. All. 
on all flesh so that you will begin to move and function in accordance with the design that God has for your life to be who he's created you to be, to do what he's created you to do. But what does it say here about the young and the old? It says, watch this, your young men will see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. No one is excluded. This is generations working together. The young and the old working together. Those who are dreaming and those who have prophetic sight to carry out what has been dreamed. <laughs> this is the generations working together as one dream is one 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 generation is dreaming, the other is seeing how to make those dreams become reality. 